0: Great. Nick, how's it going? Charles. Good. How are you? Thank you for joining me today. If you could give our viewers a quick introduction of yourself, I think they would all appreciate that.
1: I'm Nick Reichert, co-founder of The Good Couch, started out as a couch flipper seven years ago at this point, right out of college. I was guiding uh, fly fishing and my buddy was, um, he was a foot photographer and we both wanted to make some extra money. So we started on Craigslist flipping couches and we've got eight employees now and 3300 square
0: foot retail space that we sell the couches out of. and. Yeah, that's uh, still doing it. If I remember correctly from our previous conversations in 2023, you should be on track for hitting your first seven figure revenue year. Is that still the case?
1: Yeah, we're, we're a little behind where I want to be, but we're, we're going to be close or, or hit, hit the seven figure mark.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. Awesome. Obviously at Ivy flip, we work with quite a few couch flippers all over the U S and Canada. A lot of our flippers are solopreneurs. They work in their business. They bring in people to help them move occasionally. But generally, if they're not working, the business is not growing. And the really cool thing about what you guys have been able to do is that now it's a multi-person operation. Like right now, it's Friday morning out in Colorado. And I can see that you're out in the mountains. But the business is still running. Right. Right. And so that's what I think a lot of couch flippers aspire to be. And I'd love to dig into that a little bit with with you today.
1: Right. So yeah, it was, uh, it was my buddy and I Lance happened to notice on Craigslist that there were all these free couches that looked like they were in good shape. And there were also couches for hundreds of dollars selling on Craigslist. And so we went and started picking up those free couches. Uh, we were amazed that people were, you know, giving couches away for free, and we would, you know, our first couch, we rubbed shoe polish on it because it was a leather couch and that was the only leather product we were aware of at the time so to try to give it some life um so we had no idea what we were doing but uh we tried to open a bunch of locations and that didn't work out very well uh so we had to shut those down but just kind of a story of you know trying it trying out different things bootstrapping uh trying to keep growing so finally got to the point where we started to really systematize stuff, understand how the market worked, where the hold in the market were, where the demand was, where the supply was, and
0: kind of got to where we're at now. I think a big jump for any flipper who's trying to scale their business is to bring on an employer, bring on contractors. All of a sudden, their net margin decreases substantially because let's say you can gross $300 on a couch, but you have to pay someone $100 to move and clean it. Right. $150. And all of a sudden, 50% of your gross profits are gone. Right. Um, and of course, that is something that you've grappled with firsthand. Uh, you have eight employees. So I'm wondering, like, how did you overcome that challenge?
1: Yeah. So uh first thing was trying to decide who to hire first first hire that we made was a cleaning and repair guy in order to do that we saved up to give us a one month runway where even if we lost money through that month or didn't didn't uh have a great month we had runway to keep that person on for a full month and then what we found is every time we made those hires the investment was worth it it would pay off and we would actually not just make it through the month but kind of grow the business to make up for
0: that uh, additional cost, and then also be able to start saving more for the next hire. So when you say that the investment was worth it, the time you got back in your day, allowed you to do what? How did that investment pay off?
1: No, exactly. So by by freeing our time up on cleaning couches, We were able to spend more time, this was before Ivy Flip, but spend more time looking for couches, finding better deals, uh, running around and picking up more
0: couches. If you're a couch flipper and you're contemplating an additional employee or two, how should you be prioritizing your time? Like what are the highest value uses of your time as a manager, someone that is allocating work as opposed to someone that is doing the work? I mean, I think that as an entrepreneur,
1: time is, your most valuable asset. You're the person who has to make the big picture decisions. Do we move into a warehouse? How much time can you take to shop around for the next location that you're gonna move into? Do we make that next hire? When can we make that next hire? I think that keeping track of your finances closely is really important. The value that you bring as an entrepreneur, a lot of the time comes from your ability to step away from the day-to-day operations of the business and look at your business as a whole
0: rather than how do we sell the next couch. When you were making these initial hires, you were allowing them to focus on the labor aspects, whether it be moving, cleaning, delivering, and you were taking you're yep. in charge of more of the customer service aspects whether it be sourcing couches or communicating with potential buyers
1: Yep, exactly and then now at this point i don't have to look at even that side of it i've got full-time salesperson who is able to post our inventory uh talk to the customers he's the one who's using iv flip on a daily basis for us and looking for those deals and Uh, say someone comes into the shop and is looking for something specific. He's able to keep a list of people and what they're looking for, and then utilize your app to look for those for them. Then we bring them in, clean them up and we've already got a customer. So it is transitioned to where all of those operation daily operations type of, uh,
0: activities are kind of taken care of. Obviously it's been a long road for you over the past seven years. Not all sunshine and rainbows. So if you could reflect back, what is something that comes to mind as one of the most challenging aspects of running and growing your business to date?
1: So some of the biggest challenges along the way were definitely choosing which position to hire next and when to do that, because eventually your time bottlenecks, you end up spending all of your time doing cleaning and sourcing, and then you're spending all your time selling, and then you're spending all your time managing those people. So choosing which hires to make and, and when, those were the bottlenecks that kept coming up year after year. Who do we hire next? How much do we need to save to make that worth the investment? How do we know that we're going to be able to pay that off? And in addition to that, finding a good location and moving is expensive. Landlords can be a pain. The location has to be right where your customers are able to find you and you have to be close
0: enough to the source of your inventory to keep things efficient. Got it. So the location thing is interesting. So if I remember correctly, you recently moved locations, maybe in the past year or so, um, and now you're, you're smack dab and a prime downtown Denver location. What impact has location had for your business?
1: Well, yeah, we moved at the end of last year and last year, for example, 80% of couches were selling kind of sight unseen and 20% were selling to people who would come by and try the couches out first. We were a little bit off the beaten path and about. 20 to 30 minutes or worse outside of Denver and where we've moved to is yeah, a 10 minute drive from downtown right on the main street that goes through Denver, right smack in the middle of where a lot of our customers come from. So that 80, 20 has flipped to where now 80% of customers buy here at the store and 20% online site unseen, either through online marketplaces or our website Uh, revenue has grown. But one significant benefit of that 80, 20 flip is our returns have gone down by over 90%. We almost never have returns previously when we would deliver couch at site unseen, we always did returns and that was more uh, just so that we would keep a good rapport with our customers. Uh, We wanted to make sure we had five star reviews across Google, Yelp, Facebook. And so I think we've got uh, at
0: least a few couple hundred between all of those. They're all five stars. What you mentioned just now, I think is a really important point. And oftentimes when I see our flippers talking about a return policy, their mentality is that the couch is being sold as is. And therefore, if there are any issues or if the customer wants to return it, that they're generally not going to accept returns. Whereas you you took the opposite approach right yep. you're like if you're not satisfied for any reason, we'll take the couch back, obviously at a cost that that comes at a cost, yeah, but it seems like you're saying that cost was worth it for you in the long run so could you could you tell me a little bit more about that like why was it so important for you and looking at your success that you've had so far to maintain that relationship with your customers <laughs> even at the expense of accepting returns yeah,
1: so I think uh I think that there's a definitely a image problem, especially in the used furniture space, that people are kind of wary of buying used couches not there's there's a market for furniture right there's say there's a hundred people looking for to buy a couch today in Denver, 90 of them are probably going to go buy a new couch either online on Wayfair or Amazon, or they're going to go to a retail store and buy a new couch. The 10 that are willing to buy used are kind of looking uh, at at it with a skeptical eye. They want to, you know, there, there are those out there who just love buying used and for the sake of used. And that's, that's great. And that definitely is a growing demographic. but. The people who might be willing to buy used often get scared away with, you know, oh, it's going to be dirty or I'm going to deal with someone shady on an online marketplace. And we wanted to totally flip that perception and just show like it can be an awesome experience to buy a used couch where it's going to be clean, it's going to be delivered to you. We're going to move it in. We're going to take care of you. And so that's really helped grow word of mouth business. People love shopping at our store at this point and we get Tons of referrals, tons of return customers at this point.
0: So I'm really glad we took that approach. I think for some people, it's hard to, to conceptualize. You're going to sell someone a couch and then maybe even a year or two later that they would come back to you for another couch. Right. It seems like a couch is sort of a semi-permanent fixture within your home. You're not like swapping in and out couches all the time. But in your experience, this has not been the case that, you know, you treat a customer well, they will come back to you. More importantly, they're advocating for your business and bringing you new customers. Yep, hundred percent. I think everyone would buy a couch, a used couch over a new one
1: if it was purely based on affordability. So like obviously far less expensive to buy a used couch than a new one. It's the customer service side, funliness side, the
0: are you working with someone you trust side that that's what keeps people from buying used more than anything. If you're a couch flipper and you're in your first year or two, it seems like your advice here would be focus not on optimizing your transactions, but building a brand, building reputation, having good service.
1: hundred percent for me. I I think if you're, if you're planning on. Like if you quit your job for this, or you are considering quitting your job for this, or you're making a great side income off of this why not build a brand why not make the customers happy it's not it shouldn't be so much about making a buck i think that's one of the beautiful things about like flipping used furniture is it's low barrier to entry it's a great way to make a side income but if you're going to do that why not why not build a brand around it why not build something valuable that uh you know can live on maybe you can then sell sell your business to another flipper someday, or you can it it can be something larger than yourself larger than just the money that's coming in.
0: And Nick, one, one thing that I've always appreciated about our conversations is your vision for the future. Because, you know, obviously, you started out yourself flipping couches, and you've scaled your business to eight employees, almost seven figures in revenue. And yet, you don't seem to be content, like every year that you've been in business, the ambition has grown greater and greater. I'd love to hear a little bit about what you think the future of used furniture retail is going to be like.
1: Like I was mentioning earlier, the stigma around buying used furniture is the biggest barrier to selling more used couches. Like people out here couch flipping in Denver. When when we when we were the first ones doing it, that there may have been another one or two guys out here doing it who had kind of figured it out. Um, We would reach out to people as we saw like, oh, look at this guy's selling uh, flipping couches out of his garage. We would reach out to them and be like, hey, like we're doing the same thing. Uh, You want to ever connect or share and see like share insights or what you're seeing in the market. And a lot of the time early on, it was kind of, people were trying to hold stuff close to the vest and I don't want anyone else figuring this out my mentality has always been the opposite that why don't we create an ecosystem a an environment where the couch flipping model is something that instead of people saying you know oh I I, I don't know about buying used because uh, X y and Z what why don't we make it a bigger thing, make it something where someone's moving into their first apartment. it's like, oh, you should find a couch flipper to buy a couch from. They sell they sell good quality couches. they find the good deals, they'll deliver it for you. They keep the couches clean. I see a future where both for environmental reasons, sustainability reasons, as well as economic reasons, the couch flipper is the first place to go to look for for your next use your next couch. You can get a higher quality piece of furniture for far lower price if you can work with a couch flipper who's reputable. So I I think the more the merrier. Like let's get let's get a bunch of people flipping couches. Uh, let's get a bunch of people doing it really well. Like getting excellent at doing it and kind of create an an ecosystem of of people out out in the world doing it. Make it a more well known thing among consumers that hey, this is a thing. We just had an article written about us in the Colorado Sun um, and some of the work that we're doing and seeing a ton of people with really positive feedback, really happy that we're out out here doing it. I know some flippers will be dishonest sometimes and it, that that's the opposite approach that we should be taking. We should say, oh, I flip couches for a living. This is what I do. It's my side income. Let's like be proud of it and make it a, an awesome thing to do. Convert more more customers to the used market
0: instead of the wasteful new market. Yeah, that's, that's my, my vision for the future. That's an amazing vision and an amazing mentality. One of the reasons that I, I enjoy our conversations, like working with you, um, you're absolutely right. So many couch flippers that I've interacted with, they think that if I share my secrets, I tell other people how I'm running my business, how I'm doing my sourcing, how I'm doing my negotiations, et cetera that's my competitive advantage it's getting other people into the game and therefore it's making my slice of the pie smaller but you have the opposite mindset you have an abundance mindset yeah where if you can get more people into the game we can grow this market overall we can reduce the stigma against used furniture and we can all share in those profits absolutely yeah i'm with you 100% yeah and so i know uh i know that one of the initiatives that you're working on is um to provide resources to flippers now ivy flip Flip we do that but we do this more on the tech and the sales side let's say sourcing and sales side of things but your angle is physical infrastructure for flippers so i'd love to to hear more about that and what you have to offer to flippers out in the Denver area. Yeah, thank you.
1: When we purchased this new retail space, we decided to go for a smaller space so that we could elevate the brand, command higher price points. In doing that, we have set aside half of our of our retail space to lease to couch flippers. So it's kind of like an antique mall, if people are familiar. It's leasing small portions of a really professional uh, looking high quality space to multiple flippers so that multiple flippers can showcase their inventory all in one spot. So when we're finished, we'll have ourselves the good couch and four other flippers flipping out of this location. And the benefit for us is we get to have more inventory available to uh, customers. Um, good high quality stuff through working with the best flippers in the Denver area. Uh, the benefit for the flipper is they have a really professional looking space to showcase their inventory as well as six days a week, uh, regular business hours, full time salesperson there to show people, um, show customers the flippers inventory. So instead of having to go meet someone at at your storage unit, you're going to be sending people. To so look at your inventory all day long, uh, six days a week. We're also providing, you know, cleaning. I would say it's state-of-the-art cleaning facility at the Good Couch. Uh, we've been doing it for long enough that we're really good at it and have all the best equipment. And uh, you know, we've got the cleaning available. We've got the staging, photographing really helps command a higher price point too. I hope they're doing this, we can show that it works. Uh, we just launched a couple weeks ago and we've got just uh, one one guy flipping out of there right now, Tyler, and uh, he's crushing it already. So I think it's gonna work well. And hopefully we can kind of show that this works and might be able to replicate it across the country eventually would be the idea. Make it into a place to, to
0: go shop for your next couch. That's amazing and I can see how this would work in other parts of the U S as well. The thing that's super cool about that is what you're doing for couch flipping is sort of what we work did for office space. So if you're a young startup and you wanted to get a commercial lease on an office, you'd have to do at least a year commitment, maybe two. And then there are a ton of ancillary services and costs that you may not be thinking of, like paying for cleaning service, uh, utilities, et cetera. And so the WeWork model allowed people to have individual offices, but also to share common areas and share common resources like printing, cleaning, kitchen area, et cetera, et cetera. And that's exactly what you guys are doing for couch flippers in that you can, now you have a space, you can showcase your inventory, you can go clean your couches, you can stage them, take good photos. All of the equipment is there available for you to use. And let's say you're not physically able, uh, physically able to show show a couch. There's someone on premises that can show the couch for you. Sounds like an amazing deal. And you have an early adopter already on on board with the the concept. He's doing well. Yeah. Uh, you have three more spots out in Denver. I'm I'm super excited to you know get an update on this maybe in a, a couple months in the future. Yeah, I'd love to uh, talk to you more about it. It's exciting. Awesome. Well, Nick, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, talking with me today and the rest of the iv flip community and so yeah i appreciate your time i'm gonna let you get back to your nature hike here cool and we'll we'll be sure to talk all right thank you charles
1: always good talking to you